0: You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Our guest is Dr. Mark Geisberger, who has over 27 years of experience in dental education. He currently teaches at the University of the Pacific and has authored numerous articles in a variety of dental publications. He maintains a private practice in Greenbrae, California, in aesthetic and restorative dentistry. Dr. Geisberger, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk.
1: It is great to be back. Thanks for having me back to talk about another exciting material.
0: Yes, and techniques as well. Um, we, we, you covered core buildups in one of your other podcasts that you've done for us. You've also done a, a podcast on modern glass ionomers, which uh, I certainly recommend our listeners to tap into. This one today, as we mentioned in the title, is Benefits to Incorporating Remineralization Protocols into Your Practice. So what are the benefits of incorporating, uh, remineralization into a practice? And I know you use a particular product called Remin Pro, but in general, if you could talk about remineralization, and then if you want to talk about why you like one specific product, feel free to do so.
1: Sure. I'd love to talk about that. So let's get into remineralization. Um, there, there are two things that really occur when the mouth, um, turns into an acidic state. The first thing that occurs in an acidic state is we see a higher level level of erosion, uh, and that can be in the absence of caries. We'll see uh, an erosive process when the mouth uh, starts to become acidic. The second thing we see in an acidic environment is um, those a- that acid condition starts to leach out calcium and phosphate from, uh, from tooth structure. And those are both really bad phenomena that occur when a mouth goes acidic. Now, how does a mouth go acidic? Well, it can go acidic from the food we eat, the things we drink, or um, high levels of bacteria producing, uh, producing byproducts that drop the oral pH. So we've got this condition that happens pretty frequently. And when teeth start to de- demineralize, they are highly susceptible to developing carious lesions or erosive lesions. So when we look at remineralization strategies, with a product like remin pro or others on the market the idea is to provide calcium and phosphate um, with hopefully some fluoride to the environment to allow an uptake of those materials into the tooth structure now there's a lot of debate on whether how much uptake we get or not but the other thing we've got to realize with calcium and phosphate being present in the mouth is not only do they potentially add to this uptake phenomena but they help to buffer the acid level in the mouth and can really prevent those erosive lesions from occurring.
0: So those are some big benefits there. Um, I guess dry mouth doesn't help either. If a patient's on certain medication or they're experiencing dry mouth, they don't have the salivary flow. I guess that kind of exacerbates the whole acidic environment, does it not?
1: Oh, absolutely. If you, um, you know, the average uh, salivary output in, in a functioning adult, when chewing, should be somewhere around 15 mLs. In a zero-stomach patient, you'll see that drop to 5 or lower. And the problem with that is as soon as your mouth lacks saliva, which itself has natural buffers in it, you will tip your mouth to the acidic side of the equation. As soon as that happens, the bacteria that cause periodontal disease and or caries can flourish. You'll start to see erosion take place. And um, really, things can get out of hand pretty quickly for those patients.
0: We see the benefits of remineralization protocol in the office, so firstly who's the one who's the person in the office that says, "Okay, this patient needs to be treated or remineralization needs to be incorporated into this patient's treatment plan, and why is this often overlooked um, as a as a protocol in the u s
1: yeah, that's a puzzling question for me, so I think it takes leadership on the dentist's part to say, hey here's." What, what my philosophy is and instituting that in their practice and um, set their hygiene team up to then support that philosophy. So I know in my practice what happens is my hygienists are well aware of what I, I view uh, the importance of um, remineralization. So they know that if a, they've got a patient with a high caries risk, white spot lesions, radiographic evidence of caries, or even erosive lesions, that I'm going to likely suggest remineralization. And most of the time they're proactive and they've already had the conversation with the patient. So I can come in and simply say, hey, you know, here's, here's what's going on. Here's a strategy that I really think will help you uh, curb your disease process. And uh, that can be really beneficial to the patients. I'm yep. not so sure why we don't see much in the U.S. It's a bit disappointing. Um, we tend to be, you know, so heavily restorative-based that prevention is kind of... Taken a little back seat, and maybe it's not quite as glamorous as restorative, but it should be. It
0: should be. Now, can remineralization procedures be billed?
1: Yes, of course you can. Uh, you can build those in your practice, um, and we do that routinely, um, just as you would a fluoride varnish. Um, uh, but you can uh, you can build those, and you know, patients when you explain it that this relatively inexpensive uh, material can prevent you know a two or three hundred dollar filling. Um, they're going to get it pretty quickly that, that a small amount of uh, investment in remineralization strategies will outweigh the need for restorative care. Um, and yeah. um, we, we've seen a huge, huge increase in our practice.
0: Yeah. I mean, and actually, just to clarify, the question was really, can it be billed to insurance companies to pay versus the patient? Of course, it could be billed, but I meant, uh, is our code for it? That's I should have clarified that. So there is a code yeah. for remineralization. Yes,
1: of course, yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, with a revamp of the, um, the our dental codes, there are remineralization codes now because, really, we recognize the benefit, and, and insurance companies see that this will actually probably save them money in the long run um, by uh, covering it. Um, and it's a, it's a process that I, I really hope more dentists start to get involved with.
0: So if you have a patient that comes in and it's determined by the hygiene department, this patient would be great for remineralization treatment – What's the next step and how do you use Remin Pro? What's the process?
1: So there's a couple of things um, that we recommend for the patient. So the first thing we recommend for the patient is um, at nighttime to switch out their night uh their night routine with a remineralization strategy. So rather than using their daily toothpaste. We'll switch them to Remin Pro at night. Now, the only difference um, uh, with Remin Pro is that we instruct them to brush um, and then spit out any excess, but do not rinse. So, we want them to have the remineralization product on their teeth while they sleep. Now, slowly their saliva will wash that off, but they get that benefit of raising their pH at night, um, adding calcium and phosphate. And um, fluoride to the mix as they as they sleep, which is really our driest part of the day. The other thing you can do in a really extreme patient with high high carries risk and high carries rate is you can make them something like a bleaching tray um, or a fluoride tray and instruct them to load um, uh, a small amount of Bremen Pro into um, their tray and and put that in their mouth at uh, at bedtime. And that's really effective. So we use that on on extreme dry mouths, high caries rate, chemotherapy patients, and it really helps oh, ward off that that decay process. And it's got high fluoride concentration, uh, um, fourteen hundred parts uh, parts per million, which is uh, really beneficial.
0: Right, but they still brush with normal toothpaste before they use Remin Pro at home.
1: Uh, they do during the day, but at night I have them switch out their toothpaste for Remin Pro okay. and instruct them to All brush. Right and leave it on the teeth okay
0: yeah. now i got it gotcha okay yep, yeah you're talking to a retired endodontist so you know you know we <laughs> this ask is a lot foreign, of
1: huh?
0: yeah we ask a lot of stupid questions that's just how it is no
1: it's <laughs> not it's a great question
0: um okay so i think i've covered everything is there anything else you want to talk about incorporating remin pro into your practice you kind of i mean is, do you dispense this where do they get it from is this something that has to be prescribed by you
1: well, it's not really prescription-based. What we do is we dispense it in the office. And, you know, there are two, two primary manufacturers. There's, of course, Voco that makes Remin Pro and then GC that makes MI Paste. And um, they're very similar materials. What I say to doctors is try them, uh, try them, find the one you like. Find the one your patient likes. So interestingly enough, my patients really like the flavor of Remin Pro, and anything that leads to compliance is good by me. So they like the melon flavor actually best, but it comes in mint and strawberry. But melon seems to be the the favorite of most of my patients. So um, and that leads to higher patient compliance.
0: Yeah, without a doubt, and and that's the whole thing. Compliance is Absolutely. the key. Yeah, the compliance is the key to the game. If if the patient is going to use it, or they're telling you they're using it and they're really not, uh, it's not going to work. But uh, well, and and.
1: Yeah, Phil, that's a great point. And what I always say to dentists is as you're developing these strategies, we tend to do like, let's add another thing to the list of things patients have to do. And one of the reasons I'll start them out by just switching their nighttime toothpaste is I'm not asking them to do anything additional. All I'm saying is before you go to bed, rather than brushing with your regular toothpaste, I want you to brush with this. So I'm not compiling what they're doing. And I'm not adding to it. I'm just switching it out. Um, and that is kind of one of those baby steps that gets patients involved in in this process.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great point. That's a that's an excellent uh, way of therapeutically getting them to, to use it for sure. Um, well, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Geisberger. We appreciate your insight on this. Apparently, remineralization is underutilized in the U.S., uh, of course. Uh, I wish it wasn't, but it, it is what it is, and hopefully there will be some listeners that uh, listen to this podcast and say, "Hey, I need to start looking into using more remineralization products." And of course, Voco makes a great one called Remin Pro. If you want more information on that, you can always visit the Voco website. V O C O is the name of the company. Thanks again, Dr. Geisberger. We'll talk to you soon on another podcast.
1: Excellent. Thanks, Phil.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in today. Just so you know, you can access all of our episodes on Viva Learning's website at VivaLearning.com or on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.